right, hello and welcome to this week's edition of Texan Overtime. This week we're going to get into some baseball, but first I want to introduce everybody here. I'm, of course, your uh, audio editor, JT Lindsay. I'm joined by sports editor Ross Burkhart. I, I'm here, uh, and I've got a towel on my head because it's, it's wet outside and I'm, I'm afraid it's going to leak. Uh, and we're joined by baseball beat writer C.J. Vogel. JT, it is very wet outside. Yes, it is. It was so bad this morning that my shoes felt like those. Like, it, 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 it's also it's a very visceral feeling, but it felt exactly like when I was like seven and I had water shoes. You know, like you have those water shoes with like full foot. <laughs> well, but it, but like I, I stepped into a puddle and it felt like exactly like the rush that it had that happens. Yeah, it, and so I had to change. I did change shoes. But uh, enough about that. Uh, overtimes don't start with discussions of wet socks and Chick-fil-A overtimes. They start with coin flips. So what we're going to do now is ask everybody. It's a America, this, this is sweeping the nation. It's America's favorite game show, the coin flip. Uh, it's a 50-50 question. We can go either way. This week uh, is the NFL draft. Tomorrow uh, is the first round. Uh, CJ over here is working on mock-ups of, of players that are going to be drafted. So in that spirit, I want to ask you guys, uh, this is pretty simple, actually, as questions go. But would you rather, uh, if you're a, fir- you're a first round hopeful in this scenario, okay. but would you rather be, as I be. what? As I would be. Oh, I absolutely. Joking. Yeah, I know. I, I was actually talking to a guy from the New York Giants last week, and they were like, "Hey, man, is Ross going to declare?" And I was like, "He's really focused on this writing thing," <laughs> uh, and they they really didn't like that. Yeah. But uh, if you're a first round pick, would you rather be at home? Uh, surrounded by your family or be in the green room and be forced to talk to Roger Goodell? But is, is my family there in the green room? No. Oh, I'm by myself. Yeah, so that, that would make, this makes it a true would you rather, right? So you're so completely by yourself in the green room, but you get to be on national TV, put on the hat, all of that, or at home with your family. I am 100% going to the draft. Okay, why? I just think. Big Goodell fan over listen, here. Listen, if I'm going to be. If There's I'm, one thing about CJ. Loves Roger Goodell. And, there, and sports clubs. Okay. Loves sports clubs. The <laughs> first thing is when. There's nothing like every year when the draft comes on and Roger Goodell walks out for the first time. What do you hear? Just an Boos. onslaught of boos. You're telling me I can't boo him one last time without being fined? <laughs> I can't give him, you know. One That's more. True. That's true. I like okay. that. This I, uh, this man stinks without, you know, it cost me thousands of dollars. They probably still find a way to find you. I bet there's something in the agreement for you to they go. They find people for a lot less before. But I do like the interesting workaround, considering, I mean, you would think the obvious answer is to be <coughs> as far yeah. away from Roger Goodell as you possibly Absolutely. can. Absolutely. I, I, I think I would probably stick at home. That was before I actually knew this kind of smart answer. But... <laughs> I don't know. I get real lonely in there. Especially uh, I, if like, you have like an Aaron Rodgers type thing. Like, oh, what yeah. if you're sitting there for like, what if you drop out of the first round and nobody's there? You're by yourself. What would you do? What I would do is I would stay home because I could swap the booze of Roger Goodell for booze. From your family. Yeah, could you, no, I could, I could get <laughs> gotcha. I could drink. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, good one. Good one, guys. It's ah. not a good one, but ah. it's, it's here. Love that. Uh, I would do that because I also love the the ESPN 
or like when they get to see themselves on ESPN, because it's always like a 10-second delay, where they, they'll cut to them and they'll be on the phone and they're talking to like Jerry Jones or whatever. And then you see in the background the TV switches to them and then they all freak out because they're on TV. Like, I love that, and that's that's why I would do it, just for that one moment. Yeah. But uh, enough about that. We're going to transition from football and Roger Goodell to baseball. And, well, I cannot remember who the MLB commissioner is, but it doesn't matter. We're talking about college baseball. So uh, we're talking today about CJ's beat the Texas Longhorns. Mm, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been a stretch for the Longhorns this weekend. Swept by Oklahoma State Cowboys last night, lost to Texas State. Two of those losses uh, in the last few days have been on walk-offs. Uh, and, and, and last night, you know, gave up several runs in the ninth inning. Uh, th- you know, the biggest question, just looking at that, you know, my general question is just what's going on with this team that's making them lose? But more specifically, why can't they keep it together in crunch time? You know, that's a good question. Um, it's... Also not an easy one. Certainly yeah. not, yes. Um, for a while, like you've seen this team since the 12-3 and three start kind of, you know, see the roller coaster effects of a season. You know, baseball is certainly not one of those, you know, quick seasons. And so you're going to have your up, up and downs. This this team has had up and downs for a couple weeks now, and you're really starting to see a steep, you know, down, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. But um, the giving up, you're averaging – over 10 runs allowed per game over the last four games is certainly not what you want for a team that's hopeful to make the Omaha and a team that is coming off of an Omaha trip. Um, Texas is the starting pitching, you know, the, against Oklahoma State. was It gave you two good outings until about the sixth, seventh inning, and then once it just hands over to the bullpen, there's just nothing there. First two games of that series, Texas allowed 15 runs in the eighth inning alone. You can't have that at yeah. the University of Texas. And and the first game alone, there was one hit, and that one hit arguably could have gone down as an error. That can't happen at the University of Texas. And so just seeing, like, the overall struggles, like, you can make all the excuses that you want that, you know, the three top hitters on this lineup are out or had been out for a while now that Eric Kennedy is back. But there's not – a lot going right for this baseball team and Texas State you know the game looked like Texas might have been you know on the right track getting back up six to two in the ninth or six to three in the ninth and they allow you know the the four runs in the bottom of the ninth losing San Marcos lonely bus ride up I-35 it's it's not great right now it's certainly not what they needed well I mean it's it's interesting because I mean Recently, we've seen them drop a lot of these longer Big 12 weekend series. And then, you know, they might pick up like a win over Lamar or a win over Rice or something like that to, you know, boost them in the right direction, as it seems. And then, I mean, I mean, you can tell that that that's not enough to, you know, motivate them to get them back on the right track. And it seems like just the personnel that they're almost dealing with right now isn't really equipped to play at the level that fans came to expect around this time last year. I mean, wh- where do you see the, uh, I, I, where do you see the outcome of this team moving forward? I mean, they've got another difficult weekend series against a top twenty-five team in West Virginia after Texas just dropped out for the first time this season. I mean, looking forward, like, wh- where do you think this team's trajectory is going? Right. So, like, like we said earlier, 
coming into the season, it was Omaha or bust, essentially. Right. You know, it was, and especially after the first two weeks with the team sitting at 12-3 and three of the sweep over number one LSU, you're thinking this is going to be a, a cake, like cakewalk straight to the o- Omaha again. And, you know, as the weeks kept going, you're like, okay, like Texas sitting number nine, like hosting a regional is not out of the question. You start seeing some of the hiccups. You're like, okay, maybe we won't host a regional. Maybe we will. We're going to be a one or two seed. They continue. You're like, okay, maybe we won't host a regional, but we're for sure, like, you know, we're for sure going to make the tournament. After these last four games, you're sitting there just like, man, are we going to win again? Is Texas going to win again? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously all of those concerns are are very real for fans. So, I mean, w- how many games do you, do you think, just on average projecting, like looking at last season, how, how many of these games over, what do they have, roughly a little over 10 or 12 games left? How many of those games, what, what record should they be looking at uh, as the magic number to maybe potentially get into the tournament? Well, getting into the tournament, I, you know, I think they can, they can get by with 500 you know, 500 baseball the rest of the way and find a way into the tournament off of RPI and strength of schedule alone. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, super difficult strength of schedule. Their I mean, strength their of credit. schedule has been ridiculous. Absolutely. The, yeah. Texas has played the best teams in the country and they've played them throughout the and entire Nearly season. all of them from start to finish, right? And so, though the win loss record for Texas fans is certainly not what they want to see, and the baseball that they've seen on the diamond has not been good baseball as of late. Like, I would not completely panic, you know, moving forward into the NCAA tournament. I don't think this will be a, you know, basketball NIT situation. I do think, you know, as long as they find a way to break even 500, this will be, you know, so they'll, they'll, they'll find a, a regional and, and make the tournament. Well, one thing, uh, you know, we've talked about on the podcast and then every si- not every single, but several of the pieces that we put in the paper about the baseball team focuses on the angle of youth. You know, at several position groups, especially pitching, you know, you see youth be a problem. Is is, is that part of the reason? I mean, the rigor uh, of, a stra- of, a, of a longer schedule than they might be used to, the rigor of a stronger schedule certainly than even the old guys might be used to. I mean, is that getting to them? Is that part of why they're not able to hold, you know, hold it down through these tough weekend series or even through eight, you know, nine innings? It's it's weird because at the beginning of the year, that's what you expect. And so at the beginning of the year, when you see these guys coming into situations against good teams and they perform perform very well, and the, the team's winning, the ball is rolling, you're thinking these guys won't be questioned moving forward. But once you start seeing like all the hiccups and you know guys start allowing three or four runs an inning and a lead turns into a four run deficit, all in a matter of like six or seven batters, that's when you really start to question what is really in the Texas bullpen. Um, te- like Texas had three or four guys coming in the season that they knew they could go to right away. Cole Quintanilla was one. Cam Fields was another. They don't know if they can go to those guys anymore. Donnie Diaz, you know, has grown in his role. Um, Mason Bryant starting to get more innings. Mateo coming out of the pen on on weekdays, but even then, it's like every time the ball is handed over to somebody else, there's no confidence, you know, for the guys for the fans sitting at Dishwalk Field. Like, is this inning gonna you know blow up into another ten run explosion? Yeah. So I mean, 
this season has clearly been like a tale of like two different Texas teams. I mean, you've seen them as high as they can get, obviously sweeping number one. And then now, I mean, they, they've given up, what, over 40 runs over four games. So which which one of these do you think is more of the outlier for Texas? Like like with a 12-3 and start, or do you think, you know, not even being able to buy a game over the last week and a half? I mean, by the time that we get to the end, where do you think that, that this team will measure? Ooh, that's tough because you always want to say the positive – you know, you always want to go with the 12 and three that what everybody, you know, hangs their hat on at the end of the day. But have with that being so long ago, it's almost like you just have to look towards what's what's recent. Yes. The, it, the it, most recent trends. And, you know, recency bias is a thing, but like that's all you can go off at the time. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can't expect to go 100 miles per hour when you've been coasting at 10 for the last two weeks. And so. You know, moving forward, especially against a good team like West Virginia, I think it's unrealistic to say this team is just going to flip the switch again and just, you know, come out like they're taking taking the field against LSU again. Well, let's talk about that West Virginia series next. Uh, that that that's that's their their weekend series again. Like you were saying, Ross, a top twenty five team for a team that is only now recently not a top 25 team. And the, the thing, West Virginia wasn't even really projected to be in this spot yeah. until the last few weeks. And, and this that's just that it seems like Texas is bad luck. Just they can't – I mean, it's – you know, every weekend they have to be playing somebody tough. But what what, what do you what do you think of the matchup for, for these two teams, the Mountaineers and the Longhorns, this weekend? Well, Texas is certainly experienced in the field of, you know, top 25 teams. This is the seventh time they've – you know, had to face a top 25 opponent. West Virginia obviously has over ex- exceeded expectations so far this year. Um, it'll be interesting, you know, Thursday night or Friday night, excuse me, whenever Bryce Elder takes the, takes the mound as he has to start every series this year. Will he, you know, come out with the same Bryce Elder performance that we've seen where he was the two-time Big 12 pitcher of the week? Or will we see, you know, just the same kind of going through the motions, Bryce Elder that's struggled as of late. West Virginia's eight and seven in the Big Twelve, so they're middle of the pack, just as Texas is five and nine, and so it's a big weekend for both of them, seeding wise, heading into the Big Twelve tournament. And you know, Texas has been very good at home. Can they take you know advantage of being at home against another good opponent with the same type of mentality of playing Texas Tech or LSU at home? And so, you know, it's up to them to, you know, seize the moment, take, you know, take your recontrol their season once again and put it back on the right track heading into the postseason, you know, the end of the season final stretch. Uh, Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Texan Overtime. Make sure and follow Texan Sports at Texan Sports. Follow CJ Vogel. I believe it's at CJ Vogel DT. Uh, and then at uh, Ross underscore Burkhardt. You got it. Uh, I'm really good at memorizing Twitter handles. Uh, I would tell you mine, but I can't tell you anything about sports. Uh, follow at uh, Texan Audio. We'll be publishing this, uh, all sorts of other content. Uh, thanks for listening. Hey, have a great weekend. Stay dry and uh, watch some baseball. <laughs>